the Lord saved my soul from hell and I thank God every day for his grace on me cause I am washed I'm redeemed and I've been set free and I thank the Lord for the glorious night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light at the altar as I prayed Jesus washed my sins away and oh how sweet is the sound I once was lost but now I'm found God's amazing grace still amazes me now there's been times that I've walked away from the Lord my sins were many and my heart grew cold fellowship was broken I felt so all alone but it didn't matter how far that I'd gone God was still faithful when I came back home my sins were forgiven and his grace to me was shown so I stand here before you tonight rejoicing cause everything's all right in my heart I know that I am saved and oh how I long to do God's will and I admit that I fail him still but I'm so glad that his grace never ends and I thank the Lord for the glorious night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light at the altar as I prayed Jesus washed my sins away and oh how sweet is the sound I once was lost but now I'm found God's amazing grace still amazes me God's amazing grace still amazes me Well, we got Brother Tony Hudson with us this morning. Brother Brandon, you come on up, bring your Bible and sit up here with me if you would. But we're glad that he's with us from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. He's preached here many times, and some of you has never heard him before, but we're glad you're here. If you're looking for a dead church, you're at the wrong place this morning. We don't even like dead churches. We don't like any part of that. We like something that's got some life to it, like our Savior. So we're glad you're here. Hey, it's worth driving for. We got people driving from Jonesboro, other side of Jonesboro, Imboden, um, Maynard, you name it, Marmaduke, all over the place driving to be here this morning. Hoxie, somebody say amen. Well, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter number 2. I guess a familiar text of scripture in these seasons. and uh, I'm really not a seasonal preacher. I don't like to be confined to a, a season. All scriptures give us grace to God. And there's not a wrong page to preach. Usually on Mother's Day, I preach on hell. And, uh, amen. You heard about that girl that was dating that boy. And he was some kind of a Jehovah's Witness or something. And she said, Mom, I'm worried about it. They was old-time Baptist people. And she was talking to her mother about it. She said, Mom, I'm concerned. said, you know, Bobby don't believe in hell. She said, you go on and marry him. About six months from now, he'll, he'll, he'll go be a believer. And, uh, hey, but not to go on and laugh. Can I borrow somebody's watch? Right quick, for real, I need a watch. 
You heard about that little boy sitting by his mom and, and uh, the preacher would preach a while and he would look at his watch and uh, the little boy said, Mama, what does that mean when he keeps looking at his watch? She said, it means absolutely nothing whatsoever. Laugh, y'all help me now. I'm, I'm your visitor, be courteous to me. One preacher's preaching and he got to preach in 30 minutes, then 45 minutes, an hour. Then back an hour and 15 minutes. And there was a lady sitting in the back visiting the church and she said, preach on Pharaoh like that. And he didn't quite understand what she said. He kept on preaching and in a minute she said, preach on Pharaoh. And he kind of disturbed by it. He started preaching the other side of the building. And after the service, he preached about two hours and he was in the back shaking hands as our custom is. And that lady came by and he said, ma'am, we're glad you're here today. But she, he said, I noticed you were saying something. I didn't quite get a handle on what you were saying. She said, I said, preach on Pharaoh. And he said, my name's not Pharaoh. She said, oh, yes, it is because you won't let God's people go. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you. God help us. I'd like to preach about 15 minutes this morning. I never have done it, but I've always wanted to. Uh, and things are not always the way they appear to be, you know. Somebody, somebody said, I'm anxious to hear you preach. I said, well, I'm nervous. He said, well, you don't look nervous. But you can't always tell by looking at things, you know. There's two fellas over in Middle Tennessee where I'm from. They're sitting on the side of the porch on the hillside, and this funeral procession came through. And uh, they were just curious about it. Had had the hearse, and then behind the hearse was the prettiest Rottweiler dog, big old black and tan, weighed about 150, big old head on it. And there's a man leading that dog, had a big old choke chain on it and a log chain pulling it and down, down behind it. And behind that man was about 20 men in a single file line. And those hillbillies was looking down there, and one of them said, you know what that is, don't you? That other said, no, what is it? He said, well, said, what that is is that man right there in that casket owned a company. He owned some factory. And said that was his favorite dog. And the man leading the dog was the supervisor over, over, that, over that whole factory. And said all those men behind him were the employees. And he said, you reckon? He said, that's what it is. He said, I'm going to find out. So he just stepped off the porch and stopped that man leading that dog. He said, man, I hate to see your boss died. He said, that ain't my boss. That's my mother-in-law in there. Look at that. She's fixed to get one. He said, that ain't my boss. That's my mother-in-law. And he said, well, this must be your mother-in-law's dog. He said, no, this is my dog. And said, it reached up and grabbed my mother-in-law by the throat and killed her. That man said, well, I'd like to buy that dog. He said, get in line then, get in line. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Well, Sadie, you know, Philly Sunday he alluded to, he used to say when children are crying, take them out and rock them. And said, if that don't work, use a bigger rock next time. So I don't, I don't know what Sadie's got. Matthew chapter number two. Let's stand together if that's okay. You don't have to stand to reverence God's word. Or we couldn't listen to preaching in the car. But uh, I, I like to... Every once in a while. The Bible says on chapter 2 verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. 
saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, Thus, for thus it is written by the prophet. For behold, Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring the, me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard that the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Isn't that good story right there? When they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Our Heavenly Father, we're so grateful today to be called the sons of God. What manner of love you bestowed upon us in this age of grace to have heard the gospel, this virgin birth of Christ we celebrate in this season, his virtuous life, his vicarious suffering, his, his death, and then praise God for the victorious bodily resurrection. We're excited as Bible believers to hold these truths dear and to defend them and define them and deliver them. And this group today is no strangers to the reality that I stand where arm of flesh would fail me. And all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One come down. And I pray right now for unction. I pray for a manifestation that's tangible and the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And I thank you for this good crowd on this Lord's Day. And I thank you for the influence that Gethsemane Baptist Church has in this area. Lord, you've raised uh, Preacher Derek up. And Lord, you've given him a platform to be a beacon in this place to be a lighthouse for old-time religion. And I pray they wouldn't take it easy and take it lightly, but I pray that you'd sober this congregation to the weighty role and responsibility you've given them in these last days. And use them, I pray, in the days ahead, how we've watched this church grow over the last decade. And it's to your glory and to your honor. And I pray today that you'd continue to add to the church such as should be saved. If there's any loss today among us, I pray old-timey, Holy Ghost conviction would show the sinner their need of a Savior, reveal to them the brevity of life, it's a vapor. Let them see that, Lord, they need to be saved for it's too late. And I ask you, Lord, to fill me down, use me, just as I desire it. Lord, and I know I can do nothing without you, but I'm asking you to cultivate an appetite for spiritual things among the listeners today. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory, and may long live old-time religion till you come again. Amen. And you can be seated. I like this text of Scripture. I like all the Bible. There's no wrong places. There's no wrong pages. And we're to preach the word, plural, and I thank the Lord for this story. I, I love our doctrinal position. I'm a biblicist. 
And uh, you don't have to twist my arm or try to give me any kind of additional reading, any kind of uh, expositor's notes on the Bible. I just believe what the Bible says. And you're looking at one who believes it all. I believe that there was a Holy Ghost that overshadowed Mary and implanted in her womb the seed of an almighty God. That's why we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as we are, and yet without sin. Because Jesus Christ never inherited a sin nature. Shame on the Sunday school departments who would even entertain the thought, well, was he, uh, could he have sinned? Was it possible? No, he couldn't have sinned. He was, he was God in human flesh, friend. He was God in human flesh. Now, you don't agree with that, but I said it anyway, so just put it in your pipe and smoke it, praise God. The sinless sacrifice. He was slain before the foundations of the world. You've got to understand, he, God knew something about him. He's impeccable, praise God. Amen. Help me now. I thank God for that. I'm, I'm excited that I stand in that position. I'm excited that in this day of Santa Claus and reindeers and elves and Christmas trees that we know the reason for the season. And when I look at those characters surrounding this story, it's been sung about, it's been written about, it's been acted out year after year that these wise men came to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, as we study the Bible, let me, let me remind you, I know you're, you've got a great Bible teacher and preacher here, but let me, let me just put in parentheses the fact that when we expound on Scripture, we're not given the privilege to speculate. We don't get to make up our mind what we think it means. And sometimes there's a danger. I've sung it all my life. We three kings of Orient are. How many ever sung it? westward leading, still proceeding. I mean, man, we're from over here in the Orient. Well, the Bible doesn't say they were Oriental men. The Bible didn't say they were kings and had any royalty about them. I mean, I'm going to still sing the song. Don't, don't get nervous, praise God. I'm not correcting you. If you've got it in y'all's play, sing on, praise God. I mean, we sang Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer at Home. But it doesn't say how far east of Jerusalem they were. It just said they came from the east. It said they made a trip, and it didn't say they had a lot of money in their pocket. I mean, there was some evidence that they had been men who were of means, of gold, myrrh, and frankincense. They brought presents to Christ. But, but we do know this, and we can take this to the bank, that they were wise men. When God Almighty, through the Holy Ghost, designates a title to somebody, the preacher mentioned the great woman of Schumann. She was a great woman. She had attributes. She had characteristics, obviously, that would draw the picture of greatness. And if you want to see what greatness is, you look at that great woman of Schumann, and you can study her life, and she can give you a picture, a definition of what greatness is. When I look at these characters of Scripture here, they were called the wise men. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. Wise men. I don't think it's just a token phrase. I've heard it preached on your preacher preached not long ago on these wise men. But I want to preach this morning with the help of the Lord on what made the wise men wise. What made wise men wise. I don't want to be a fool. The comparison of scripture is foolishness versus wisdom. I mean simple versus those of, of, of no understanding. I, I want to be a wise man. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. 
And if we've ever needed wisdom in this world, I'm talking about a day where wise men, people of God need discernment. I believe it's evident. I believe this was an attribute that was common among these wise men, that they were men who were men of discernment. They knew some things. They were men of discipline. No doubt when you pack up and leave and start on a journey, they had prepared ahead of time. They were men of detail. I mean, they had sought the scriptures and found out which way that Jesus would be born, what city he would be born in. They were seeking the Lord. Wisdom. I want you to note, first of all, and I'm going to preach fast, she gave me a watch that just goes blank when you're up here. This is the kind of watches preachers need, amen. The battery died on it somewhere between the time I got it. Wisdom, I believe every single, every single characteristic, every single requirement that a 21st century believer would have to have to equate to the wisdom of these wise men can be found in this text. Number one, jot this down. I believe with all my heart, wisdom begins with this, with this characteristic, they went. The Bible said and when Jesus was born that there came wise men. They went. They were wise because they went. They had to leave something behind. There was a departure. You're wise when you choose to go forward instead of living in the past. When they left, they left their homeland. They left their camaraderie of their friends. They might have left some wealth. They might have left even some vital responsibilities. I, I mean, they had reprioritized their life. And they said, I'm going to leave some things that may be important to others. I, can you imagine? I can almost imagine if my wife had been the wife of one of these wise men. And he said, baby, I'm going to look for Jesus. Now, no other worthy task than to go find the Lord, than to go worship the Lord, than to go to the place where he was born and, and spend time with him. But wait a minute, I can almost see that wife of that wise man say, wait a minute, baby. Who's going to feed the hogs while you're gone? Who's going to pay the bills while you're gone? You know, if you're going to be wise, there's some things you'll have to forsake. There's some things you're going to have to leave behind. And I believe man, they departed. They left their hometown, the place of comfort, the place where they had cherished before those things that were important to them. Hey, as they begin to pursue God and look for the Lord Jesus Christ, look up in their neighbor. Hey, they left some things behind. Wisdom begins when we depart. Depart from them that work iniquity. And we ought to distance ourselves. Love not the world. Neither the things that are for them and love the world. The love of the Father is not with them. The Bible said, come out from among them. Had be ye separate, thus saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And I'll receive you. And I'll be a father unto you. And you'll be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. Listen, neighbor. Hey, they departed. They left. They distanced themselves. They went from the east. The night you got saved, the morning you got saved, the afternoon you trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior, you embarked on a journey, praise God. Amen. Paul had to do some forgetting. He said, forgetting those things which are behind, I, I press forward. Man, we got to go on for God. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, laying aside therefore the doctrines of Christ, let us go on. Let us move forward. Let us go on unto perfection. I see they depart, they went. You're wise when you depart. You're wise. I talk about that, that travel that they made, that exit that they made from their past, from the people that had them bound, from that crowd that was wrong, amen, from those influences that were leading them the wrong way. I tell you, they departed, but not only it took some departure, but it took some discipline. I don't know, the theologians say, and I tear and rip out half of the theologians' comments when I read a commentary. 
because they're, they're just supposing and they're speculating, but they talk about how far this travel was. They talk about how many years it might have taken them. And they allude to the fact that they were walking or they were riding some beast and that they didn't have a Cadillac with an air conditioner in it and, and all of those kind of thoughts. But I'm going to tell you whether it was a long distance or short. The day you step out to serve God, look at me. The day you step, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. The day you step out to fulfill God's purpose for your life, God's divine purpose, you can bank on one thing. When you take that step forward, there's going to be a pull against you. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Oh yeah, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle. We're in a battle, and we're in a match between the flesh. The flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another. I can almost see as they're walking along and they begin to talk with one another. Man, I tell you, I'm excited about finding Jesus. What about you? Whoo, I am too, praise God. Let's go. But about five miles into the journey, that new pair of shoes he bought starting to pinch his feet. He's rubbing blisters the size of a 50-cent piece. Somebody help me. And he thought he was doing the right thing. He had made some preparation, but he hadn't broke his brogans in yet. And now I can see him getting weary. You know, I've never got weary of the way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, John 10, 9, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And go in and out and find pastors. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Jesus said, I am, I am the way. I've never got tired of the way, but I've got tired in the way, in that pursuit, in that avenue, in that road, on that road to the will of God. Oh, I'm telling you, friend, I can see there had to be some discipline. They had to put some stobs up. They had to put some standards in the ground. They had rock back out of the will of God. Hey, friend of mine, if it was easy, well, we had, a, we had a purpose in our heart. When Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego left their homeland and went over yonder to Babylon, it wasn't easy, friend. There's lions, dens, and fiery furnaces. But they decided they're going to go on with God. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, hey, they made up their mind. They're not going to bend. They're not going to bow. And they're not going to burn. Hey, friend, they had left those things behind. You're wise when you go. They went. They went. I thought about discipline. I thought about the departure. I thought about determination. They had to just determine. Can I help you as we enter the year 2021? You better make up your mind before you get to January some things you're going to do this year. Don't wait till the crossroads come. Don't, don't wait till the, amen, don't wait till the last minute to decide. Many Christians fail. I, I heard it said one time that every man's, uh, uh, the man who fails to plan, plans to fail. And we, we go into the battle, we go in, Bible said count the cost. And we go into the service of the Lord, we go into uh, seeking the will of God, we go into try, and then all of a sudden those things that we didn't expect pop up. I mean, they're in this pursuit, they left everything behind, they thought probably everybody was going to say, good, hey, God bless you. Stay after it, boys. Y'all go find Jesus. Probably on their way out to outskirts of town. By the time they got to the city limit sign, they probably heard them saying, look at them fools. <laughs> yeah, they'll be back. They're not going to go too far looking for the Messiah, looking for a king of the Jews. Yeah, sure. 
They're making fools of themselves. If you do not predetermine for 2021 you're going to stand for God, you won't stand for God. You won't be in the journey long. You'll be sidelined. You'll be on the, hey, you'll have the flashers on on the side of the road. You'll be stuck in the ditch somewhere. But listen to me, friend. I believe wisdom begins when they departed, they went. How many of you, listen to me, have made some conscious decisions? Be assured, teenager, when you decide to go God's way, everybody's not going with you. You're not going to have some entourage. I mean, me and my gang. You can forget that. They're not going to be buddying up and chumming up with you. Hey, friendship with the world is enmity with God. It's going to cost you some lonely times until you learn to walk alone. You won't learn to walk for long. And I believe with all my heart that wisdom begins when they said goodbye to the past. Goodbye, they went. Number two, I believe this is an attribute that, that all of us must have. It's collective if we're going to succeed. Not only did they went, they went, they were gone, but they departed, but, but, they, but they watched. They watched. The Bible said in verse number, number two, they told them when they got to Jerusalem, where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. There's a lot of stars on a clear night. I coon hunt at night. I grew up. Old timers would tell what this one was and that constellation was. And, and this is the Big Dipper and that's the Little Dipper. That's three singing sisters. And there's the North Star. And there's all kind of constellations you can see. But of all of the stars, there wasn't but one that was his star. I want you to hear me and hear me well. Wisdom can be found that they watched diligently. Watched diligently. We've learned in this society... Listen to me, we're so distracted. You can't hardly go through a service without somebody playing on their phone. Unless you're a doctor, look at me, you might as well keep your phone off. Somebody say amen. Unless you've got some patient in the hospital, just keep looking up right in here, praise God. You're not that important. Most everything else can wait for the next 30 minutes. I see a man, I, we're, we're so, they, they diligently... Can you imagine as they were watching that star? I was watching the Florida game last night in LSU, and about half time, here come a fog settled in on the swamp. Some of y'all act like you don't watch SEC. I don't watch NFL over my dead body. Over my dead body will I watch the NFL. Over my dead body will I watch the NFL, but I will watch the SEC until the trump of God sounds, somebody say amen. Man, that fog settled in. You couldn't even see the scoreboard. The television crew, all of the camera crew, they had to drop their cameras. They had to film it from ground level because they couldn't see through the fog. I begin to think about this text and think about those that were seeking God and following God. I mean, sometimes in your Christian life, a fog may settle in. Sometimes, friend, it may get cloudy. Sometimes, I mean, it may be dark outside. Sometimes even the sun can be a distraction. And I'm telling you, they had to diligently watch. You better keep your eye on Jesus is what I'm saying. 
Oh yeah, wherefore seeing we're accomplished about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. How does sin that thus leave us set us? How let us run with patience? The race that is set before us, looking, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the, the author and finisher of our faith. I'm saying in this hour in which we live, there's going to be a lot of distractions. I mean, I've watched those stars and here come an airplane. And I mean, man, it's got a blinking light behind it. I mean, I've watched and all of a sudden our, our attention is distracted by the new and improved. Our attention is distracted. In these days which we live, these days of inconsistency, Understand in these days of swift transition, in these days of change, hey, I challenge you, if you're going to be wise in a day of confusion, in a day of calamity, in a day of, I'm talking about, I've never seen such a duped people. Deceiving evil men and seducers have waxed worse and worse. Biden and Harris, somebody say amen. And I mean, we're deceiving and being deceived. If that election wasn't stolen, they ain't a cow in Texas. Somebody say amen. I don't, you ain't got to like it. You can lump it, praise God. I was invited here. Amen, neighbor. I, I'm talking about deceiving. Deceiving and being deceived. We get so distracted. You're going you gonna to follow the star? A wise man. He watches. He's a diligent watcher. I say this. He was directed. A lot of people talk about, I believe the Bible, and I'm a King James only, but man, is the King James, is it a compass to your life? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Is it directing you? Or is it just kind of a good luck charm you got on your dashboard? You know, like a rabbit's foot. It didn't do too much for the rabbit. Somebody say Amen. We're not too wise when we superstitiously approach the scriptures as if it's some kind of a of a of a of a of a, of a, of a tool that we can put in the in the back window or, or stick under our bed. Maybe we won't have any nightmares anymore. Look, friend, it's more than that. Does this book direct you? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Are you making your decisions based on this book? Are you going in the direction based on this book? Wise people are watching the star. Watching the star. I'm talking about Joshua. He told him when you go, he said, either turn to the right hand or the left. But he said, he said, man, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Day and night. Psalms 119, 140. Thy word is very pure. Therefore thy servants loveth it. You're so addicted to this cell phone and social media. Don't try to justify it and say, well, I got the Bible on my phone. Yeah, but how much time have you been using that phone on the Bible? That Instagram and, and, that's, and that Facebook and, and that other one, four or five. Somebody help me. Don't bow your head. I'm not ready to pray yet. That guides you. What's popular trends guide you. What everybody else is doing guides you. These men were watching. These men went. They watched. I believe that their wisdom can be identified and that they worshiped. The Bible said, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. I want you to notice their worship. There was a posture to their worship. Humility. Humility. We're living in a society that reeks with pride. Wise men are not prideful. 
I watched that number one on LSU. I wish they'd kick him off the team. Last week he drops the ball short of the goal line, partying. This week he's taunting in the end zone. I mean, just careless, foolish, full of pride. Hey, man. I mean, the, that Florida, Florida uh, defensive back gives the whole game away throwing a, a, throwing a cleat across the field like he's done something. Yeah, he done something. He lost the game. And I hope he does get cyber bullied. Somebody say amen. And I was pulling for LSU. Somebody say amen. Everybody okay? He ought to get bullied being that stupid. Amen, friend. That's ignorant. I need a coach to back me on this. I'd take his scholarship away. In a heartbeat. Send him packing. Amen, friend. Y'all listening at me? It's preaching times what time it is. Some of y'all looking like you're not enjoying this. You better get over it, praise God. I'm coming back tonight, too. This is my love message. It gets harder from here. I'm saying to you, they worshiped, and their posture, it was a posture of humility. They, they, when they saw the child, they'd been seeking, they'd been traveling, they'd been coming long distance, and when they found Jesus, they fell down. They fell down. I'm going to tell you, you're wise when you realize how frail you are. You know what that was, that posture, that, that, that falling prostrate? You know what that was? That was a, really a, a visual admittance that I can't even stand without you. Without words, they were, express, they were expressing without, without the sounds from their mouth by their bodily actions, by their body language. They were saying, I can't stand without you. I, I can't walk without you. I, I can't live without you. They fell down. Do you understand tonight that the wise man does? Do you understand, ma'am, the wise woman does that you can't make it without God? You're not going to make it tomorrow. You're not going to make it. You say, oh, I made it. It's been the roughest year. You don't know. It's going to get worse before it gets better if you study Revelation. This is nothing. Amen. I mean, we're going out before the tribulation, but it's going to get pretty rough before the tribulation. This is nothing compared to what we're going to see. Man, we're worrying and whining about this. Man, this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg uh, of what's going to happen to humanity. Hey, neighbor, I want you to hear me. Uh, we must in these last days. Uh, if we're going to be wise, we've got to worship. I don't see how you make it without coming Sunday night and Wednesday night. Essential workers. Bless God, the church is essential. Always has been essential. And always will in this age of grace be essential upon this rock. I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. They ain't nothing like the church. If it's happening at church, you need to be there. Don't minimize any of the activities. If they're having a cockfight, bring a show of the roosters and some sharp gaffs. Somebody say amen. Be at church every time the doors are open. Be on visitation. Be at the Christmas party. If it's happening at a Baptist church, that's where you need to be. Prioritize it. They humbled themselves. They were subject. They, man, they were subject. Thank God for a pastor. God's given y'all a good and I mean, you don't even understand how blessed you are. You really don't. 
God's given you a pastor with a vision, with a heart, and with a desire to impart truth in you and strengthen you. God bless you. But hey, you ought to be grateful. You ought to be humbled by what God's done. I see that they worshiped. I see their posture. I see their presence. They brought something. Did you know a tithe is not just a tip? A tithe is the tenth. And that's, that's just what's expected. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. That, that, comp, that, 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 that includes all dispensations. He didn't trade in his portion of the earth. He runs it. He owns this thing. Amen. At the age of grace, he didn't cash that in. He still owns this thing. And everything you have is his. Preacher was telling me about a little girl who was in, sitting on a pew with her mother and her mother said, now I'm going to give you ten one dollar bills. And you take those ten dollars, they're yours, but that one of them belongs to God. And the little girl was counting her money and the offering plate passed and she put two dollars in the offering plate. And after the service, they got in the car and was headed to the restaurant to eat and she said, Susie, I noticed when the ushers came by, you put $2. She said, yeah. And her mama said, well, it was only one belonged to God. And she said, yeah, but I wanted, to give, I wanted him to know I, I wanted to give him something too. When was the last time you gave him something too? When was the last time you sacrificed? They didn't just bring some kind of a, a stocking with some, with some peppermints and an orange and two walnuts, bless God. They brought gold. The typology here, I don't have time to expound upon, but they brought gold, and they brought myrrh. They brought frankincense. They brought myrrh. Hey, they came with sacrificial gifts. They brought things of value, you know, like time. Time's valuable. And like talent, talent's valuable. It's not just the treasure house, but I'm talking about the valuable things of your life. Hey, hey, they sacrifice. You're wise. You'll be a wise teenager. You'll be a wise teenager. If you'll give your life to God, sacrifice. I see the purpose. They didn't do it by accident. I don't know how we found Jesus. We just, was me and my buddies were just right along, bumped up in here and there was the Lord. You know, lucky me. That's naive. Wise people don't mistakenly worship. Some of y'all need to learn how to worship. You need to learn how to get ready for worship. You come in here so high on country music. I mean, no wonder you can't shout. You know, you go, hey, stop loving her today. I've been weeping all night. Charlie Pride died. He's my favorite country singer. Don't ever call me prejudiced. Somebody say amen. Y'all all right? Kiss an angel good morning. That ought to be in the highway, heavenly highway hymnal. It's got heaven, it's got angel, it's got devil. It's a scriptural song. And love, amen, and love. My wife called me weeping over, over Charlie Pride dying. Y'all okay? Don't judge me. I'm just being honest. Look at me. Hey, we come in here so tanked up with the world. We're drunk and intoxicated with the ways of the world. You ought to get in your car on Sunday morning and plug in some good music. Hit some of that Vestal Goodman. God walks the dark heaps, the highways and byways. I like it, friend. 
I mean, play, get that other one. I can get over there with the I'm no longer an orphan. Somebody's rescued me. My clothes no longer are tattered. My family is royalty. Man, get some good music like preacher man says. It's the end of time. Somebody help me. Preacher, it's Bible preacher man said. Somebody help me. A country boy can't survive. I, I say to you this this afternoon, listen to me. Be afternoon by the time we get out. Hey, listen, friend, a wise man purposes to worship. He gets ready. He gets ready. I'm through, but I want to give you this. Verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed in their own country another way. I want you to know this. Wise men, they went. Wise men watched. Wise men worshiped. But wise men were warned. They're there and in the midst of that worship service. I mean, I believe they're having camp meeting myself. I need a witness right there. I mean, they're, they're brought their presence. They fell on their face. They're meeting all. They're meeting every single expectation for scriptural worship man they're down there worshiping that savior they're thinking about why he came man they had some vision about what's going on i mean they had some illumination they had they had they had that open vision as far as i'm concerned because the holy ghost talked to them stay with me are y'all still here i'm almost through watch it i mean my sermons are like a fat woman crawling through a barbed wire fence a few more points and i'll be through now you know that's funny I'm going to get you for his services over, praise God, with something. Y'all all right? I got two or three bowing on me. Is everybody okay? Act like my wife back there while I'm preaching. Y'all all right? What did they do? They were warned. We get offended when the preacher preaches straight. Some of y'all right now offended. I thought he said, great peace have they that love thy law. And nothing, you must not love the law if I've offended you. Dead men can't be offended. You can't, you can't hurt a dead man's feelings. Dead men. Paul said, I die daily. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm a dead man. Hey, you can't offend a dead man. We used to, I watch westerns. I'm a western man. I mean, I think John Wayne should have run for president. Boy, they'd get shot. They'd fix to pull the air out. Got an arrow through their leg. Or they'd give them a bullet to bite on. They'd say, now bite down on that lead, give them a stick to put in their mouth. You know, they're fixed to pull the arrow back out. Can I get a witness? I mean, man, it's serious business. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When you're warned by the Word of God, it don't always feel good. Sometimes you've got to bite the bullet. Sometimes you've got to say, oh, me, instead of amen. Sometimes to hear the truth, it's abrasive. So it's so, amen, it's light. The Word of God is a light. Light hurts your eyes when you're in darkness. The Word of God's a, a preservant. It's like salt. It, it keeps the, the womb from spreading and rotting. And sometimes that salt stings an open womb. They were warned. In the middle of that service, in the middle of that worship, what a high time. Never been in their lifetime. I, I think I could safely say that there'd never been in the life of these wise men a higher spiritual experience than to be at the, the birth of the Savior. Being by the, by the bed where he lay. Stay with me. And while they're there, 
the Bible said they had a dream that they should not. You know that negative preaching. Well, old preacher Dick would be all right and all if he wouldn't just preach against things. Well, I love Brother Tony, but he always preaching against things. It's called warnings. It's called, man, watch out for the direction you're traveling. You don't need to go in that worldly direction. Herod represents the world. Now, buddy, I could get specific here, but I'm just going to get general. Amen. I mean, it's the world. It's going back to the world. It's Herod. It's, it's the way of the world. And he said, man, the Holy Ghost, he warned them. He said, don't you go back the way of the world. You've already left that east. You've already left your past. You've already left those behind. Hey, don't you go back into the world. I see and I hurriedly say, they were warned. They were warned by communication. We're living in a day where the Word of God is the final authority. If the Bible says don't, we don't have to vote on it. If the Bible says do, we don't need your approval or your stamp. Same-sex marriage is straight out of hell. Abortion is murder of the unborn. It's not a choice. Amen. It's murder. Doesn't matter what's popular. Doesn't matter what's received. Doesn't matter what Herod thinks about it. Don't you know Herod's a lie? Now, once y'all find out where Jesus is at and everything... Let me know because we surely want to come worship him. He's been killing Jewish babies. They've been aborting. They, they, hey, they've been, they've, been, they've been harassing. They've been, after they're out of the mother's womb, euthanizing babies, looking for the one named Jesus of Nazareth. Just tell us where he is. We're going to worship. Oh, yeah, Herod was going to worship, but he's going to be worshiping the devil. That's good preaching. He's going to be worshiping Satan. He's going to be worshiping the God of this world. He's going to be worshiping Beelzebub. He's going to be worshiping, hey, hey, worshiping the things of the world. Man, a wise man's warned. Notice he said they went their way to their own country. They were warned not only... And I say it quickly, they were not only through the communication, but they was warned about their, their country, their company. They went, their own, they went to their own country another way. Can I just tell you, if you've identified with Gethsemane Baptist Church, it's too late. If, you're par- if your car's in this parking lot, you're identified already that you're going another way. Now, you may not be in as deep as somebody else, but if you'll hang around here long enough, some of this wisdom will wear off on you. Instead of you critiquing his messages, instead of you trying to tear it apart and try to pick the parts you like, you know, that Burger King religion, have it your way, you'll get addicted to it, and it'll be Wendy's religion, old-fashioned, hot and juicy, praise God. And it'll be finger-licking good, too. They were warned. Wise men. And they came from the east wise men. You read the book of Proverbs, the admonition is almost redundant. I mean, every column, wise versus the simple. Wise versus the fool. 
a man of understanding versus, versus that, that hard-hearted man, that old, that old hard, hard man, the contentious man. I want to ask you this, this, this morning. Would you agree with me that 2021, we're going to have to up our level of wisdom? We're going to have to step up. We've lost a generation to these drugs. They're so foolish. I mean, they think a good time is being hung over on some kind of fentanyl and a bunch of downers. Wasting their life, wasting their, their brain cells. They can't even finish a sentence. They can't even carry a train of thought. And that's the good ones. They're brain dead. That's foolish. Let's stand together all over the house. I wonder to, today, if you're here lost and undone without the Lord Jesus Christ, you're jeopardizing eternity. I would, I, I, would, I would not insult anyone's sincerity by saying, oh, you came today and you don't really care, you just want to go to hell. No, you're here because you're conscious of spiritual things. You may be lost and undone, but you're conscious that there's a heaven and there's a hell. There's a reason why you're here. If you're lost today, let, let me give you an invitation. These altars will be open. I believe I represent Preacher Derek in this church, these deacons. When this invitation, this piano begins to play, why don't you step out where you are if you're lost and say, I'm going to make the wisest decision I'll ever make. I'm going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm going to believe on Him. And if you'll come to one of these altars, somebody will be here to pray with you and help you. Mm -hmm. How many Christians would say, Brother Tony, I needed that message. You slip up your hand, I needed it. Normally, we'd preach this message like this. I'd aim at the teenagers and say the elderly have had wisdom and they've attained wisdom through years of life. But I'm going to give the invitation a little different. Why don't some adults and papas and grannies come down this altar today and say I want more we're going to need more as we enter into the, the, the latter days of the age of grace we're going to need more wisdom why don't Papa and Granny and Mom and Daddy come and then teenagers follow them and just say I want more of it would you come seek him today the wise men left where they were I'm asking you to leave where you are I'm asking you to leave right now as the piano begins playing I'm asking you to leave right where you are they went and come on this altar and say, I want some wisdom beyond my experience. I want wisdom beyond my years. I want, I want wisdom beyond what I've attained. I need God. Parents need Him. 